Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know, and it's time for our segment once again, AP Comics, with the Wisdom of Solomon, the Endurance of Atlas, yada, 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 I am Jay, and with me as always, for some reason, they forced her to have a relationship with Bruce Banner, it's Diana. Hi. As you know, once she talks comics, she's really going to get warmed up. And actually, she's really been itching to talk about this now. Uh, she's she's kind of teased it. She's kind of said she's going to be talking about it. Diana, what are you talking about today? Uh, dete- uh, rebirth Detective Comics. So it's pretty much all James Tinney and the Fourths. Yeah, so this is really going to be a discussion of Detective Comics uh, with a heavy emphasis on James Tinney and the Fourth, because pretty much in the run that you read, he did it all, correct? Yeah, from the summer of 2016 to now, yeah, he's been he's been doing it. So with you know you know for as long as you've been reading comics, which is I think it's been over two years that you've been reading comics. It's a little bit more than that. Has anybody ever done a run in one uh, title this long? Yeah, um, Tom King is still going, and he started about the same time. But other than that, he's really the only one. Like, Humphreys, actually, Rucka ended first. He only did a year. And then uh, Tomasi and Gleason, they ended a uh, couple issues back. And then now James Tinney the fourth ended, and it's really Tom King, the only original one still going. Okay, so now back when I was reading comics, Detective Comics, uh, when I first saw it on the newsstand, I thought, it's going to be about detectives, but of course, right there on the cover is Batman. Uh, you know, it was pretty much another Batman title. I guess I, I'm guessing it was sort of like the original Batman title. Um, is that still the case now? Like in the run that you read, is this a Batman Bat Family exclusive thing? Yeah, it's about Batman and more of like uh, more of like I don't want to say obscure, but like the. Like, the second-tier Bat family members. So you don't get, like, Red Hood, Nightwing, Robin, Batgirl. You don't get them. But you get Batwoman. You get Spoiler. You get Orphan. You get Tim Drake. You get Azrael. You get Batwing. And my favorite, you get Clayface. Clayface is a member of the Bat family? Yes. And he, he, him and Orphan, I think they're the best members of the Bat family. All right. So we're definitely going to get into all this right now. So... Uh, you said you started this title about two years ago. Why, why did you pick it up? Did you pick it up because of James Tinian or were there other reasons that you picked up this title? No, I, I, cause like back then, like I didn't know any writers. So I just said like, Ooh, Batman, I'll pick that up. And then, oh, it was so good. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, because like you said, I mean, it was a two year run. Um, what, what kept you? really you know sticking with this title for so long i mean obviously james tinney and the fourth but what was it about the stories that he did or or the tone or what i mean what was it that kept your interest for so long um well well i'm gonna have to say this out of the way because um it really a lot of it revolves around what happened so then in the first run tim drake dies like comic book dies so, you know, like, he'll be back. But then, like, so then, like, I just kind of wanted to see, like, oh, man, Tim Drake is dead and how all the characters are reacting to it and how they're trying to move on, especially Batman. So it's really all the characters. And then they bring in this villain group called the Victim Syndicate. And you kind of know who everybody is. One was Clayface, was affected by Clayface. One was affected by Scarecrow. But there's this one. Uh, they call themselves the first vil- the, the first victim. 
and nobody can identify them. They can't even tell what gender they are. They're just so badly disfigured. So then there's that villain that I really want to see. So it's pretty much like the characters and the stories with the villains. That's, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, if you listen to AP Comics here, that's that's sort of the trend that you hear with Diana. Uh, she loves great storytelling. I mean, it might be these iconic heroes that'll kind of pull her in, like a Superman or Batman, but if the writing's not there, uh, she's gone because you were telling me before he just finished his run and you're pretty much done with Detective Comics. Yeah, it's like I saw the new guy writing it and I was like, eh, I don't want to like keep paying for it if it's not going to be good. And then like they said Black Lightning might show up and like maybe I'll read that if it's any good, but I don't know because James Tinney the fourth, he just did it so well. There was really only one arc I didn't like, but then everything else was perfect. So then I don't think anybody else can just get that track record. Okay, uh, so obviously Batman. Uh, you were talking about some of the other people or other members of the Bat family that are in it, and you mentioned a couple that are your favorites, which I am not familiar with at all. So tell us about you know this sort of extended Bat family and uh, who it is that you really enjoy. Well, there was Batwoman. Uh, she, because like Batwoman, uh, not Batwoman, Batman kind of like, brings them together because he's like, I need a team to defend Gotham, kind of like, well, you, you find out later it was Tim Drake's idea so that Batman could keep going, like, forever, basically. So then he's like, all right, I'll put this team together, and I want Batwoman to lead it. So then it was pretty much Batwoman's team, and I was like, okay, she's she's pretty cool the way she, like, gets down to it. All right, so let me just jump in here real quick. So in this, in Detective Comics, how, like, how old is Batman? Ooh, they, they they never really say, but I'm guessing probably late 30s, early 40s. Nah, I think late 30s. Okay, so this is not like uh, like a like a 50ish kind of like really really slowing down. This was sort of like you said it was Tim Drake's plan, so he was sort of being proactive then. Yeah, well, you find out later that there is another reason why he lets. Batwoman lead this team, but that one I won't spoil because I think it's a very good checkmate made by uh, Batgirl when they bring her in for a little bit. Okay, so I just want to jump in real quick and ask. Now, I'm not very familiar with, with Batwoman. I mean, I know she came out, I think, in the 50s. It was a very... I'm gonna be I'm gonna be frank. It was a very sexist version of it, you know. Batwoman was, like, very girly and her utility belt had makeup and compacts in it i had heard recently and i don't know if it's rebirth i don't know if it's new 52 because i don't really keep up with comics lately uh that batwoman is a lesbian so who is batwoman in detective comics in, in the run that you read yeah she's she 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 is a lesbian and um she's kind of like it's like she's been doing her own thing alongside Batman, and she 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 doesn't have a good relationship with her father. And then, like, the first run kind of revolves around that because her father is leading this secret military organization called the Colony who kind of wants to get rid of Batman and kind of, like, have this, like, Batman global police force. So then she's like, no, that's not how Batman would run things. So, so there's conflict there because of her ideology what she stands for not because he, him being a military guy he's put off by her being lesbian no like he he has no problem with it but then 
Because, like, the thing is that they, they, I don't know if it's in Detective Comics or in Batwoman, they, um, uh, they go into it that she could have, because, like, they caught, because it, it was back during, like, she, she was in the military back when it was, like, don't ask, don't tell. So then, so then when they found out that she was a lesbian, having a relationship with somebody else in the military, because her father had such high standings, they said, we'll give you a second chance if you just kind of like stop okay so i just want to just you know i don't mean to really focus on batwoman here but i know you really really love the writing batwoman uh you know her her sexual preference being lesbian do you feel it's handled very well is it very tasteful is it very forced what, what was sort of your take on it well it's nothing well uh it's 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 handled very well because it's not like a big thing like she she it's not like they're fighting um uh, the victim syndicate and then she's just like well you know I'm a lesbian right Batman it's not like that it's it's um it's just like it's there and then like she she actually dated uh Montoya Detective Montoya so then so then so whenever they need a favor she'll call up Montoya and she'll be like fine I'll help you out with this. Oh wow! Okay, that's that's good. No, that's always good to hear. So, uh, besides Batwoman, who else uh, in this extended Bat family did you really like? Um, spoiler, which is Stephanie Brown. You, she, she was Batgirl in one. In uh, I don't know what universe it was. If it was like Fifty Two, no, she was not in New Fifty Two. It was pre New Fifty Two, but I don't know like around what time where she was Batgirl. But in this one. In this universe, she was never Batgirl. She was never considered to be Batgirl. She was just known as Spoiler. Okay, and how how does Spoiler differentiate, or how is she different from Batgirl? Like, uh, I mean, obviously, instead of just the name. <laughs> well, spoil. Well, well, one similarity is that they both have a thing for Robins because you got Batgirl and Nightwing, and you have Spoiler and uh, Tim Drake. Wait, are they still doing this with like Batgirl just longing for whoever is is Robin or Nightwing? Uh yeah. Um, I, I I don't want to say unfortunately, but then because because sometimes it's handled really well their relationship, but then like like what I said, I don't know if it was last week where they did the prelude to the wedding and she was just hung up over a guy. Sometimes it's handled horribly, but sometimes it's actually handled well the relationship between them. Like you, you, you don't, you don't consider it sort of like lazy writing. Like, well, we just have this big bad family, so let's just have Batgirl have a thing for Robin. Like, you, you, instead of having like a life outside of this bat family, or is like this bat family in Detective Comics just so? I don't know. I don't know the word. Like. I don't know, does it feel forced that they're like together as this sort of like big bat family or bat team, or do you think it's written very well that way? Well, in detective comics, they're actually supposed to be very dysfunctional. Because what you learn later is that Tim Drake wanted to do something so badly, he rushed into it and he said, Yeah, we'll bring Clayface, we'll bring Orphan, we'll bring Batwoman, spoiler. Well he brought spoiler because they were dating, so he kind of had to. And then he didn't think about how they'd all relate to each other, their personalities. So then, yeah, he didn't really think all of that through. So in this one, it it, it does at times feel very forced because they don't really get along. Okay, and now, just kind of surprising, knowing Batman as a character, 
like did he did he see this dysfunction coming and just allow it to happen or because he's you know again he's built as the world's greatest detective and you know we've seen so many examples of him either granting people and again this is in other versions granting people either access or denying them access to the justice league you know people that you think oh that's obviously a justice leaguer and batman says no because of xyz and people are like oh okay like so did he allow this dysfunction well i don't I, again i don't want to spoil it but there he had one very big reason why he wanted this and it had nothing to do with the safety of gotham or how well this team would function so it's kind of like batgirl discovers it and she brings it up to Batman and everybody's waiting for him to respond. He said, yes, that's why I brought this team together. It wasn't because I thought it would be good for Gotham. So he kind of allowed this to to happen all for one reason. Ooh, okay, so we're, we're, we're not going to go any further than that because if people want to pick up this run, that sounds like a really good one. Uh, you also mentioned another name there, Orphan. I am not familiar. So who is Orphan? Orphan is Cassandra Kane. She was Black Bat in back when Stephanie Brown was Batgirl. And in this one, she is kind of like they, they just got her back from her father. So she she doesn't speak. She she like she has she has a very poor interpersonal relationship. She doesn't speak. She only really gets along with Clayface. And kind of like Clayface and her have a good relationship because it's like they would practice like, every time Clayface would want to go out for an audition, sorry, because, you know, he was an actor before all of this, and um, they, they Tim Drake makes him a device where he could kind of be Basil for a little bit. So uh, he's going out for parts, and then he would kind of practice with Orphan, and then that's kind of like how she would get more confident and be more willing to talk, and they... They, they developed a friendship over that like they because they were both because she's a daughter of Lady Shiva so then she feels that like oh my god my mother's such a horrible person I'm gonna be a horrible person I'm gonna be a killer and of course Clayface he was like I was a villain like three weeks ago but then Batman said he saw something in me so they both kind of relate on that fact that like what if I turn back to being evil or become evil like my parents but then they say like no they like they both tell each other like no like I can see the good in you and you're not gonna end up like that. Okay, so the Cassandra Kane or the Cassie Kane that I remember, uh, and again I don't know New Fifty Two. I don't know where it was. She was Batgirl. Uh, she was mute. Now is it the same reason that you know because she was trained that way? She was trained to pretty much, and I, I think this was the way it was written in the comics that. The part that really, the part of the brain that we use for speech and sort of interpersonal skills was used just to sort of enhance her fighting. Like she actually had the ability, she could see what you were going to do literally before you did it, which is why she was so excellent at hand to hand. So is that still kind of her story here in Detective Comics? Yes, because like there's one, they, they, when, when Lady Shiva comes, it's a whole story focused on Orphan, and I love it. It's like when she's. It's like they show she's just talking to Batman. It shows it from her point of view, and she has 50 different ways where she can kill Batman just by the way he's standing talking to her. So everything is kind of like built up to that. And then, yeah. No, that's really good. And that's like, and I think that's one of the reasons back when I read that run of Batgirl that I liked it because uh, she was working with Oracle 
Barbara Gordon. Uh, she was working with Black Canary. Um, Barbara was very concerned, really wanted her to work on her, her language and her interpersonal skills. And I think this actually sounds like it's a really unique way with, with Clayface. Um, aside from this sort of big bat family, any other supporting characters that are in it that you really enjoyed? Um, well, I liked every time they would bring Montoya in because he would, she would, um, uh, it's like Kate Kane would always be like, hey, you want to do a favor for me? And she's like, oh, fine, I'll do it. And then it's like, so, so she'll let him into the crime scenes early or give him some police files. And also they bring in Harvey Bullock a lot and he's just a big joke. It's like he's like, he's always like, they always show him with his box of donuts and he's just, oh my, and he's just so incapable of everything. It's, it's great. Okay, now, I mean, we've seen so many different versions of, of Harvey Bullock. Uh, Batman the Animated Series, I can think of. Um, Batman Begins, I believe he was in that one. Uh, Gotham, also, too. Um, he's always kind of been sort of like sh- like that schlubby cop, you know, coffee stains, eating donuts. But he's kind of ranged from a very dirty cop to, yeah, he kind of looks like a joke, but he's actually an excellent detective, so... Which sort of Harvey Bullock are we getting here? He's he's pretty capable. Like there was one where Spoiler went off on her own, and he was able to kind of like trap her. So then, yeah, he he's he's pretty capable. Any uh, Jim Gordon? Um, not a lot actually. No, not a lot. It's mostly Montoya and Bullock. Okay, and of course, you know, if we're gonna talk Batman, we got to talk about the most important member of the Bat family, Alfred. Um. Yeah, there's not really a lot of Alfred in this one. Uh-oh, I don't know if I want to read it now if there's no Alfred. <laughs> well, Tom Tom King has Alfred, but this one, I don't I don't really remember a lot of Alfred in this one because it was mainly about, because it was mainly like Batman just trying to, especially after Tim Drake died, he's trying to figure out a way to bring him back or to, to prevent another person from dying. So, yeah, like, Alfred isn't really there for, like, he's there, like, he shows up and he's like, Master Bruce, you need to sleep. You've been, like, awake for three days, but then he doesn't really get a lot of uh, screen time. All right, now, and hopefully this is not really going to spoil anything, do you think that this is also part of this function? Because Alfred's always kind of, like, to me, he's always sort of been, like, that voice of reason, and the fact that we're not seeing him, that he's just kind of coming in there like, Time to eat, guys, and then disappearing. Do you think that that also kind of leads to the dysfunction, or is this just something like this? This sort of this sort of grouping was kind of not say doomed to fail, but sort of end up the way they did, no matter what. Oh yeah, it was. They like Batman even says it when when Barbara Gordon corners him. He said like, "Yeah, I had no faith in this team. I only did it for one reason." Ooh, Barbara Gordon. Uh, is she Batgirl? Yes, she, in the New 52, she was able to get, I don't know how, but she was able to walk again after she was paralyzed. Okay, pretty good. So now, you know, a two-year run, I'm sure there were a lot of arcs in there. Uh, favorite or favorite, ar- uh, or, you know, just talk about a couple of the favorite arcs that you that you just really, really loved. The, well, the first one, of course, where they're fighting the colony for the first time, and then, like, you see Batman... Like, that was the first time I ever saw Batman get beaten. Because he's there, he's on a bridge, and then there's this soldier kind of dressed like him. And he beats him up, and then there are two, and, like, he, he barely beats him. And then there are three and four and five, and it just keeps adding, and he gets beaten and captured. 
and I was like, damn, he was able, he was able to get taken down, and then, of course, when Tim Drake dies, because the whole point of the colony is that General Kane got a tip that the League of Shadows had a lot of sleeper agents in Gotham, so he said, we're going to preemptively kill all the people we think are League of Shadows, and Batman, of course, is like, no, that's just a fairy tale made by Ra's al Ghul to keep his soldiers in check, so he said, like, no, we won't, and especially because he says, we'll kill them, he's like, no, I won't let you do this, so what Tim Drake does, they're running out of time, he hacks into, like, the colony computer, and he puts himself as the sole target, so he has to fight off all the drones by himself, but of course he can't do it, and he dies, and then that was a good run, the, the, when they first had the victim syndicate, that was a good run. The later ones with, oh, of course, Lady Shiva, that was a good run when, because, because Lady Shiva beat Batman. She, she beat everybody, she beat Batman like twice. She beat everybody in that group, and then it was only Orphan who could stand up against her, and then Orphan kind of had a good realization there, won't spoil it. And then, there was one where an evil Tim Drake from the future came. It's the same future from Batman 666, actually. So if you read that one, Tim Drake is from that reality. He comes back. That one's great. And then the last run, uh, I think Fall of the Batman. And then I think the last one's called Batman, e- Batman Eternal. That one was good. Where they kind of like... Where, yeah, they, they bring in Brother Eye in the last run. They have the Omok soldiers, like, from Infinite Crisis. Alrighty. Any other DC heroes making cameos, appearances, little short runs in there? Or this is is this exclusively a Bat story? Zatanna shows up. And that one I didn't like because they were juggling between Batman and Zatanna and Azrael and his whole thing, and then I felt really unfocused, and I, it didn't fit into the whole overarching um, the whole overarching plot. Tinian was really setting up, so I didn't really like that. But it was cool seeing Zatanna and seeing uh, her and Bruce's relationship because they, they actually dated when her father was teaching him how to do sleight of hand and everything. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's actually something I used to enjoy when I kind of learn that when they would delve into Bruce's backstory and how he sought out masters in just about every sort of field he thought he would need to become Batman and you know he he learned from Zatanna's father uh they did have that great relationship um what about the relationship between him and Lady Shiva because I mean I don't know let, well, let me just ask you this this question and it's not really exclusive to to this run in DC uh Detective Comics do you kind of see Batman as as almost like a male slut? Because he, he kind of like Selina Kyle, Lady Shiva, uh, Talia Al Ghul. Um, you know, we had that awful killing joke with him and Barbara. Let's just forget that one. But just 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 on the whole, do you kind of see him that way? Like, what what's sort of your take on his relationship with women? Um. In this one, it's not really as, um, well, in, in Tinian and Kings, there isn't really a lot of that, like, when Lady Shiva showed up, he wasn't like, hey, Lady Shiva, he was just like, oh, man, we gotta stop her, so I was like, okay, and then, like, in Tom King's run, he, he only really loves Selena, nobody else, they do talk about his relationship with Talia, but that's been over for a while, 
So, yeah, he's not really like that, like, giving out his secret identity to every woman he meets. He's, yeah, he's 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 become more uh, loyal to Selena, I guess. Okay, and again, I mean, we're kind of sticking with Batman, but maybe getting a little away from just from Detective Comics. Um, just sort of their approach. First AP Comics we did, we talked about Superman. You, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, that whole run there. Um, and you did kind of say, I think you said that in, in sort of like your overview of the superhero world, the comic world, Superman, I think is your number one hero, I think. So how, how would you compare Superman to Batman in terms of like their approach? Like, which I guess is a two part question. Obviously they have different approaches to, to dispensing justice, which who's, do you think is more practical, but also whose do you sort of admire more? It it could be the same one, or it could be two different answers. Um, I definitely admire Superman's more because he he kind of sees more of the good in people, and he tries to give people the benefit of the doubt, and then like he's always able to like help out the little guy. But then I don't know which one is more. I guess I guess Superman is more practical because his revolving door doesn't move as quickly as Batman's because of course of Batman like he puts a Joker in jail the next day he's out but like Superman he's able to keep like atomic skull locked up for a good while so yeah okay that's fair enough um now I know it's a two-year run so I highly highly doubt that there was the same artist all the way through um, but overall, what did you think? I know you're more a fan of the writer, but what did you just think of the artwork overall? Matches the story really well? Uh, what kind of styles did they use? Just kind of your take on that. I love the art, but the one thing uh, I really want to talk about is James Tinney and the Fourth Direction. Because there's, <laughs> there's, because like... When you think of a comic book, you think like, oh yeah, like it's just like one page. You would think of the nine panel grid. But then James Tinney in the fourth, the way he directs a scene, the way it's, it's like, there was, it's like he'll paint like the, like he'll direct like these tapestries across like two pages. And just the way it flows, it's like sometimes like there's no grids at all. And then you're moving up and down and diagonal all across this two page. But the way, that he writes the dialogue and the way that he stages the characters, you don't get lost. So you know you're starting here, but oh, I gotta go diagonal, or I gotta go down, or read it left or right. It's just, it's never like a boring layout. And that's why I think, like, when they did No Justice and a lot of the Dark Knight's Metal spinoffs, they had him doing it, because there were some pages where it was like, oh, James Tinney and the Fourth directed that page, and you could really tell. Because like the one, oh, the one I'm thinking of is when the evil Tim Drake was fighting Doomsday, and just the way that he was like de- he was like moving across, and Doomsday was following him, and oh, and when uh, Cassandra Kane was doing ballet in the opera house, just the way she moved across the page, it was it was beautiful, and no other writer is able to direct a scene like that. Like Tom King, even though I think he's he's the best, he 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 does things very simply. He he could never come close to doing anything as James Tinney and the Fourth does, and I know a lot of people like Scott Snyder. I don't. He could never, he could never come close to that either. And it's just it's so unique the way he does it, and it's so 
it adds something to it because like it doesn't feel like a comic book it feels like you're watching like this it's like you're watching like this legend unfold right in front of you and it's just it's really amazing all right so from what i just heard basically you're saying you could be reading this comic and get to the middle part and it's literally a two-page spread with just action going across it but it's almost like it's like a I mean, is is that really like what it is? It's like a two-page spread, but it's not just one action shot. It's almost like continuous action from the left side all the way over to the right side. Yeah, or even even if they're just talking, like there was one where they where he had the main bat family in the bat cave, and like it starts they're up somewhere, and then they move down and across, and it's just you follow the conversation. It really adds something because it feels like they're moving and they're relating to each other, and it's just. And and I realized maybe it's a little too harsh on Tom King because he had that good splash in um, I Am Suicide where Catwoman and the ventriloquist were crawling through the air duct. So he has that. He can he can do that. But I just think James the IV does it the best. Okay. Alrighty. So he, he ended his run. You gave it a shot. And you're really not going to pick up Detective Comics. So what is James Tinian doing now? Have you picked it up? And just initial thoughts if you have. Um, he is doing Justice League Dark. It hasn't come out yet, and even though I love James Tinian the Fourth, I don't think I'll pick it up because uh because like now that I'm going off to college, I need to be more stingy with how many uh stories I read. And um I'm giving I'm giving Snyder's Justice League a shot. It's I've only read the first issue so far, I know the second one is out. And that one's okay. But then I, what I'm really looking forward to is Justice League Odyssey because it has Azrael, it has my favorite Green Lantern, Jessica Cruz, it has who uh, it has Darkseid in it. I mean, it's so then that one I'm really looking forward to. All righty. I mean, that sounds really good. And I think, uh, you know, like you said, going off to college, it's, it's you know, you got to be a little stingy, but also, too, you're going to be trapped in a dorm room. Uh, and you can't spread your comics out across campus, kind of like you do in our house. But that's a separate podcast. Um, alrighty, so once again, it is that time. Uh, you know, every Wednesday, Diana goes to her comic shop. And I'm actually going to give them a plug because they're really nice guys. If you are ever in central New Jersey, uh, and if you're near Milltown, New Jersey, right there on Main Street, the aptly named Main Street Comics. Uh, it's a small shop, but it's a great shop. Diana, I know you love that. Oh, yeah, I love I just love it, and then, like, the guy knows me. It's like, he's there, he's like, oh, yeah, I got you the uh, limited Batman cover. Here you go. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, so you can tell they're really great guys there. So, Diana, do you have a pick of the week for us? Yes. Well, well, just a little disclaimer, kind of like I should have made last week. Like, last week, I know Eternity Girl and uh, Mr. Miracle came out, but those weren't my pick of the week because I didn't read them yet. And just kind of like uh, this one, I know Batman 49 came out, and everybody's like, oh, my God, I love it. But... I didn't read Batman 49 yet, uh, so my pick of the week is Injustice 2 number something. I didn't pay attention to the numbering of Injustice 2, but it's Injustice 2. <laughs> okay, now, for those that don't know, this is based off of the video game series, so really without any spoilers, why did you enjoy this issue, or why are you enjoying this series? Um, Well, I'll talk about more about the series, because like, Injustice 2, it's like... Nothing really special in it happened. I just really love Injustice 2, and I didn't read Batman yet. So um, uh, Injustice 2, I really love it because 
because like I'm I'm reading currently reading like the like the injustice like the war leading up to before the first game and this one takes place after pretty much right after Superman's defeated in the first game so you kind of see what happens so you see Batman bring together like all right Lex Luthor's dead so we need we need like other billionaires so we need like Ted Cord we need Oliver Queen we need all these guys and then um just like what's happening cuz like there was like Ra's al Ghul is making his own team Ra's al Ghul destroyed the American government that was pretty cool and then he made Amazo and then like the Justice League with with Evil Wonder Woman and Black Adam were fighting Amazo together and then just now especially since they're going into the Red Lanterns versus the Green Lanterns in this issue, they gave Starro the Conqueror. Atrocitus gave him a Red Lantern ring, so stuff's gonna get serious. And Lobo, which they, which everybody's advertised, Lobo's getting a Green Lantern ring. So I want to see Lobo versus Starro. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah, I actually saw that little splash where they showed Lobo going up against Atrocitus, and I was like, why did they give this guy a ring? But hearing that they gave Starro a red ring, I guess the Green Lantern Corps, they're kind of figuring they got to do what they got to do. Yeah, and especially since they just lost oh wait, A B C D F Q R. They uh Tomar Ray. Tomar Ray is dead. Uh Dexstar killed Tomar Ray. So they lost one of their best lanterns, so they need they need to step it up. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> Lobo, that is definitely I don't know, say what you want. I think it's definitely something you would want to check out. All right. Right before we wrap it up, um you pretty much talk for Almost a half hour here, pretty much shouting the praises of uh, James Tinney in the fourth. Coming up in August, August 18th and 19th in New York City, uh, James Tinney in the fourth is going to be appearing at Flame Con, which, as we mentioned before, is an LGBTQ uh, Comic Con. Um, He'll be there. I know. I mean, I'm not even going to ask the question, would you like to meet him? Because that is a very stupid question. Of course you will. He did a two-year run. There's a lot of issues that you have. I know you love getting issues signed by these guys. You're not, I doubt you're going to bring them all in two years' worth. Um, you don't have to remember the specific numbers. If you do, that's absolutely amazing. But what issue or a couple of issues do you absolutely want James Tinian's signature on? Um, the first run... The big Clayface run and the last run. Okay, well, I know you're going to be bringing. You're actually going to be bringing a lot because, as we mentioned before, uh, James Tinney and the Fourth is going to be there. Magdalene Visaggio is going to be there. Steve Orlando is going to be there. Steve Orlando is going to be there. I know there are various artists that are going to be there that you're familiar with. I think there's somebody that also does either Riverdale or Archie comics. I think. Yeah, yeah, there there will be. Yeah, yeah and I know you you got a couple. Not not he. I don't think it's the guy that did Archie versus Predator though. No, he was at another con that we didn't go to or didn't happen yet. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure which, but I know uh, there's. All I know is your backpack is going to be full with stuff for these guys, <laughs> these guys and gals to sign. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to that. All right, so we are going to close the doors here on AP Comics here on stuff you don't need to know. Once again, I'd like to thank Diana for dispensing her comic book wisdom. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you see, once she's done talking about comics, she pretty much clams up. Um, I just want to also give a plug out there. Diana is has started a podcast of her own. It's called uh, Elseworlds Finest. Uh, and pretty much, just correct me if I'm wrong, you host and you're going to have random friends on. Is that correct? 
Yeah, like uh, I just had my friend Kate on for the first episode, and for the next one, there's going to be Justin, and my friend Nish is going to be on. So yeah, just just random people. Yeah, you know Justin and Nish, we all know them. Yeah, but you no, know Nish, you know Nish, right? Yeah. No, I I know them. I uh, I like I like I had said on my other podcast, I told my friend Pete. Uh, I said, y- you've known Kate, what, since 6th or 7th grade? Yeah, 6th grade. Yeah, since 6th six, grade. And I, I, I told my friend Pete, I said, it's like one brain, two bodies with these two. Uh, very, very similar. Uh, they crack me up. Just fair warning, though. Uh, the language is a little salty, but nothing wrong with that at all. But just if you are a younger listener... Eh, you might think twice about it, but you never know. Alrighty, so I'm going to close the doors here on AP Comics. Don't forget, uh, you can listen to us on Anchor. We have that call-in feature where if you have questions for Diana about comics, fire away. Um, you know, ask her anything. I would probably stick to DCs or even independents. Are you going to, actually, Diana, are you going to talk about an independent anytime soon? Um, when I finish Kid Lobotomy number six, I will talk about Kid Lobotomy. Okay, alrighty, so that's definitely something to look forward to. Um, yeah, you could also catch us on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Play, Google Podcasts now. Uh, really, anywhere that puts out a podcast, you could find us. We are also on Instagram. Just search for Stuff You Don't Need to Know. I put up pictures of the stuff we talk about. Occasionally, I'll throw a poll up there. So this is Jay. And Diana. And good comic reading to you.